Hey guys, welcome back to Great Chat. I am super excited about this episode today. If you cannot tell the joy in my voice right now, (laughs) I have two of my favorite people on the show with me today, and you're going to get a little glimpse into our group chat, (laughs) and we are going to be discussing what it means to be a newlywed and making the adjustments to being new wives. And so I have my new wife tribe here with me today. And I'm going to go ahead and bring them on. So I have Angel and I have Ronnie. Welcome to the Great Chat Podcast. Hey. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have them tell them a little bit about themselves and then we're going to jump into the discussion. Hey, Angel. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Um, I am a Detroit girl currently living in Atlanta. I have been married for just barely over a year now. Well, we met um, the 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 new age way. We met online. Well, not online dating. We met on Facebook, actually, um, in a Facebook group that a mutual friend of ours had started. We dated long distance for about, well, two years before we got married, um, about a year before he moved to Atlanta. And we were engaged a little over the year mark. Okay, awesome. And then I have Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie Boo. Hey, hey, y'all. It's so weird saying hey, y'all, and I'm not looking at anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, y'all. Well, uh, my name is Sharonica, now Sanders. Um, I am a Bama slash Florida slash moved to Georgia girl. Um, I am a mom of three, now three daughters. Can y'all believe that? Three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, three daughters. I have been married, just like Angel, a little bit over a year. Our anniversaries are actually a day apart. Mm-hmm. And um, I met my husband uh, actually preparing for one of my brands. And I went to him as a referral from a friend just to do some work for me. And it just kind of went from there. Uh, I thought he was flirting. Apparently he was not, but um, I put on the pressure and we started talking and we started dating, got engaged and never married. Come on, put on the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was like, are you single? You know, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. So for y'all there listening, there's a nugget already, girl. You might need to put some pressure, okay? Let that man know that <laughs> you quit playing. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's really God that we came together the way that we did. Like we have kind of known each other individually. Uh, I want to say since the the group that Angel had mentioned, we kind of all met and you know chatted a little bit up in there. And then I had gotten engaged and everything we did was like very private. So we didn't post on the internet or anything like that. But literally a week after I got engaged, I saw that Ronnie posted her proposal and I was like, girl, I'm engaged too. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we connected. And then I think Angel had commented on one of my like subliminal posts about being married or something like that. And then we found out that she was getting engaged too. And so I was just like, well, we need to all be friends then since we all about to be new wives. (laughs) And that's kind of, I believe that's how we came about. Is that right, y'all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Awesome. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna have me some new friends. And so that actually leads me um, into our topic. And I know that something that we talk about often is having friendships that kind of transition with it, with you throughout life and things like that. And so let's start with friendship and then we'll go into some other topics. But just concerning friends, did you guys have any fears when it came to um, getting married, whether you would lose your friends, whether you would have new friends? Like, talk to me a little bit about that. And we'll start with Ronnie. Um, absolutely. So all my life, I've been what I consider a floater. So I've never really belonged to like one group of people. I've always gotten um, gotten along with like different people from different walks of life, different groups or whatever. So I've never really had um, outside of high school, I never really had in my adulthood what I would consider like a best friend. Um, not, you know, anybody who's my age, my kids, of course, but you know, no one my age. <laughs> so when I'm always presented with the opportunity to make friends, um, because I feel like I'm such a peculiar person, I, I, wonder sometimes if people can accept all of who I am. And so it'll either um, cause me to present a false version of myself, or I'll just completely shy away from the idea of having friends in general. So when Becca first said it, you know, I was thinking like, oh yeah, cool, we can do that. Like we can talk here and there, but I'm thinking in my head, girl, I ain't gonna be in y'all look <laughs> <laughs> Because I just was not sure what that looked like. Me and Becca, we were actually, cool in another you know group or whatever that one ended up just we just kind of drifted it wasn't nothing I still love all the all the girls to this day but we you know it just it didn't stick and so I was just like I'm not sure what this is gonna look like but mm -mm, child I'm, I'm good <laughs> I'm good you know but we'll just kind of see and so now we're here and now they can't get rid of me ever we period we, said we up and stuck forever <laughs> definitely um, I'm not sure that losing or gaining friends was really a concern of mine. <laughs> um, getting married, I'm just, um, I'm the kind of person I, like, it doesn't phase me. I, I could be by myself. You, either you're going to be here or you're not, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. really phase me that much. Um, so it wasn't like a big fear of mine. You do often hear, you know, that made women can't be friends with single women but mm -hmm. um i have really a solid group i believe and i you know like like shanika said y'all th these people are stuck with me when i have good friends like i hold on to them so right. yeah it i i never thought that i would lose any friends nor did i think that i would actually you know gain any because of it mm. so let me ask this then angel so not really having a fear or concern of losing or gaining, can you talk about the benefit then? Because I know Ronnie was like, man, let's just see. But we've developed such a unique friendship in a very short amount of time. And so can you speak to maybe the value of having friends that are in the same season that you're going in, that you're in right now? Yes. Um, it's like one of those, the girls that get it, get it, and the ones that don't, don't. Uh, just being, no, honestly, because being, being a new wife is definitely a journey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a journey for sure. And having people with you that are going through the same thing at the same time as you is invaluable, I think. Um, you just have somebody to, to 
bounce ideas off of, to kind of check you when you're in the wrong, to kind of say, hey, sis, like, you probably shouldn't have said that like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just important to have that kind of camaraderie and that accountability in this new space. Yeah, I agree. I think, too, um, something that I hear men complain about a lot is they say, oh, women don't hold each other accountable. And I'm like, y'all clearly are not in our group yeah. chat because, right. <laughs> ooh, like, ooh, I be I mad at y'all sometimes, or... like, why are y'all telling me what to do? Like, no, y'all <laughs> supposed to be on my side. Do not side with this man. <laughs> He- heavy on the do not side with this man. Right. <laughs> but what it heavy. does is like all three of us have very different personalities, right? And how we approach relationships, how we approach communication. Like we just have three different life experiences. And so I can say for myself, just being connected to y'all and being open and honest about my part and what I be doing wrong, like that, that gives y'all the opportunity to give me language. It helps y'all to help me grow up and mature, even when I don't want to. Um, <laughs> but it also helps me to see my husband in a, di- in a different way, because there are some personality traits that you guys has that he also has. And so I'm like, oh, that's why he be acting like that. Like it ain't that he, <laughs> you know, it's terrible. It's like, that's just his personality. And that's his point of view. Like, does, can y'all relate to that as well? Yeah. Um, sometimes y'all do help me see things from a different perspective. Um, so yeah, I can't relate to that. It's like sometimes we get, we dig our heels in on the way that we see it and the way that we feel. And it's like, okay, well, could it be that maybe he really wasn't trying to, you know, do so-and-so or whatever we thought it was? And sometimes you, you're... Uh, new eyes give you a different perspective on the situation. Mm-hmm. Ronnie, were you going to say something? No, yeah, I definitely basically agree with what Angel said. I'm very stubborn. And most times <laughs> I am hell-bent on being right. Like, I'm a bona fide know-it-all. So when, I, when I'm when i presented with the opportunity for somebody to prove me wrong and, and be right about it, mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it because I have to, like, now you know concede and realize like girl you don't know it all you know you don't have it all together and i think it uh shows it it requires me to be vulnerable and that's just not an area that i'm super comfortable with of course you know having to be vulnerable having to show like i don't know it all you know um i'm I'm not the go-to person for everything and so when when you guys present opposition to me I'm like, well, dang, y'all, you know, y'all ain't got to do it like that. You know, they keep it real strong, y'all. Uh, it and ain't they, it's one. It ain't they. It's one. Angel. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you know when they do it, but it but it opens up to show me like, hey, you can be vulnerable. These people can show you that you're wrong. They can show you that you may not be completely right on the subject. Yes, you are justified in your feelings. But it's okay to be wrong, and they won't love you any less because you're wrong. They won't love you any less because they have to correct you or say, hey, sis, I don't agree with how you approach this situation. And it's just almost like a godlike love. Like, he sees us be wrong every day, you know, do stuff that we probably don't want anybody else to know about. But he, even in his correction, he's like, I still love you, and I still care about you. So this friendship, you know, shows that I can get that from more than just God, like, in the natural I can get uh, unconditional love, you know, because as of yet, we, there hasn't been any conditions, and we've have, we've bared it all now. Mm-hmm. I've said some stuff. 
Yeah, okay. they, they had all reasons to be like, uh-uh, we don't want to be her friend. <laughs> all the reasons and still have not left. So I feel completely, um, I'm open now to it. It's like, when y'all tell me I'm wrong, I may get, I may get my feelings a little bit, but it's like, I have nothing. I can't do anything but accept it because it's like, I know y'all will come out of love. I know it's not out of malice or ill intent. Oh, we, you said a lot, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. But that, but that is so true. And I think when it comes to having a space where you're not only being vulnerable about yourself, but you're being vulnerable about your marriage and you Mm -hmm. can't be vulnerable about your marriage everywhere. Right. And the good thing about us is like, no matter what's being talked about, not only are we not judging each other, but we're not judging each other's spouses either. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the blessing is we have, we all have really amazing spouses. Let's, you know, I thank God Mm -hmm. for all of our husbands because they are amazing. Um, (laughs) But, you know, just, we're all figuring it out. Right. And so there, there are points of frustration and contentions or just misunderstanding and to be able to bring something to the chat and be like, y'all, what y'all think? (laughs) (laughs) And we can be honest, you know, and it may not always be what we want to hear, but we know that for one, we all have each other's best interests at heart. And for two, like Ronnie said, as no matter as we can be as vulnerable as we want to be, and we can still come back to the chat and pick up like ain't nothing happening. And so yeah. I I absolutely love that about us. But I want to backtrack a little bit because I kind of jumped the gun. <laughs> but I want to go back a little bit. So let's talk about kind of the process to even getting married, right? And let's, let's address some of the fears and some internal struggles that we had maybe um, leading up to the altar, maybe before you even started dating your current husband, like what were some fears that whether they crippled you or maybe delayed you a little bit, but what are some fears that you guys deal, dealt with leading up to getting married and whoever wants to go first, you can go ahead. I go first. So um, as I stated before, I have three beautiful daughters, but two are from previous relationships. So one of the things for me was what would that look like? Um, basically blending a family together. Um, my mom married my stepdad um, just quickly in Florida. They moved, they moved to Florida, they eloped. And me and my sister were pissed. Like we were so mad because we was like, how dare you pick a husband? And this is not even the one we wanted. <laughs> and you know, how, how dare you not include us in the process? So one of the things I wanted to do was make sure I included the girls and what the process looked like of me picking a spouse because I had come off a two year dating hiatus. And I was like, I don't know what that's going to look like to blend the family together. Um, so that was one of the things. The other one was, I feel like I am, I was in an era of, being very selfish because I have to be so selfless. Uh, when I was a single mom, I cherished the areas where I could be selfish and not have to worry about anybody else or not have to share my personal spaces with anybody else. And I was wondering if, if I would be a good wife. Like, how, what am I going to do with this man? How am I going to feed him? How am I going to, you know, take care of him? I'm like, he got to be in my bed every night. Like, I was thinking these things like, wait, I got to share a bathroom. I should got to share a closet. And so I was just thinking about all the things, that, all my spaces that I was going to have to give up that I cherished over these, what, I think Malia was 12 when we got together, 12, 11, 12 years of being a single parent. And I was like, this is going to, like, it's going to be forever where I'm going to be sharing the space with this man. So just trying to see how I could navigate 
into that space of not having my own personal spaces all the time. Because I know I can create, you know, moments or whatever. But, like, that all the time in my bed, like, I look mm. over and be like, you still here? <laughs> so, I love them, though. Let's, let's, you know, I, I love them. But, yeah. So, just trying to navigate those and trying to see what that was going to look like. Um, I think my biggest fear was divorce. Um, it was marrying somebody who one day woke up and decided that they just didn't want to do this anymore or waking up and not recognizing the person that you, you thought you knew. Um, I have not seen a healthy marriage model to me. Well, I won't say that I haven't seen a healthy marriage model. I haven't seen a healthy model uh, marriage on the first try. Um, mm-hmm. Divorce runs rampant in my family. So um, my, I, w- I was just very fearful of marrying somebody and then one day ending up divorced. Uh, I come from a blended family. So being, yeah, I, I just, it's not a dynamic that I ever wanted for myself or, you know, should children come into the picture that I would want for my children. So that was a big fear of mine. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, mine, I guess is a combination then a little add a little something on the end, but um, my daughter is, she'll be 16 this year. And so similar to Ronnie, I have been used to just being concerned about her and being concerned about myself. And I'm also a little bit older, just a little bit older than you guys. And so mm-hmm being older and getting married at almost 40, it's like I've had all these years to just have to myself as much as I love, love and love romance and want to go out and all those things. It was trying to figure out like, what would my life look like blended with another person? And like you said, sharing my space and, and having to buy two meals instead of one meal, (laughs) you know, just thinking about those type of things. It's like, man, how I'm going to do this. And really low key, what you said, like, what do I, what do I do with a husband? What do I feed it? How do I take care of it? Like, (laughs) like, what do I do? The longest relationship I had was, you know, maybe a little over a year. And here I am saying that I want to be with somebody for the rest of my life. And I was like, wow, how do I do that? You know? Um, And then, Ditto to what Angel said. The women in my family either didn't get married at all or they got married and got divorced. And I was like, y'all don't even know how to do marriage and let alone have a godly marriage because I hadn't seen that at all within my family. And so I I just really had this deep-seated feeling of inadequacy of just feeling like I wouldn't know what to do and I don't know if I would do it well. Um, Then the more pressing thing was would I have to give up my ministry to serve my husband's vision? Mm. And that was probably the bigger struggle. Um, Because, you know, we're taught to, you know, you you come up under the husband's vision, (laughs) you submit to him, you do what he wants, right? And when you're somebody who's had your own thing for years, and my husband isn't, obviously he's a pastor, right? And so it's like, we're both in ministry in our own right what would that look like coming up under his vision and serving his and leaving mine and throwing it to the wayside? And so I struggled very heavily, even coming into marriage until one day my husband was just like, nobody told you you had to give all that up. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) but like really was like feeling like I had to drop it all and just kind of wait for him to tell me what to do that serves his vision. And I quickly learned that, that's not how that goes. Like 
the vision that your husband has includes our vision too, right? Mm -hmm. It includes the wife's vision as well. Um, now priority and everything like that, like that comes into place, but I didn't have to throw away everything that I built on my own in order to be, be it, be in order or be submitted to my husband. And I thank God daily that he supports what I do because I did not want to come into marriage and feel like I had to fight my husband about my purpose. Like mm. that's how my dating relationships were. And I just did not want that in marriage. And so that was mm. a fear that I really had to like overcome and understand that I can still fully be who I am while also being his wife. Yeah. Ooh, that was like a little heavy. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like you said, it should, it should like, like your purpose should, you know, be included in what he is, but we know that that's not always the case. So a lot of times women concede their purpose to their husbands. So making sure that you're receiving that, you know, and, and having that conversation with him, I'm sure, you know, helps you feel even more about the covenant that you guys are creating. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely did. And I think there are a lot of women who struggle with that. And I can see how easy it is to lose yourself in just becoming a wife. Um, I don't want to, well, I, I mean, I'm a Beyonce fan sometimes, but in one of her songs, she says, you know, don't think I'm just his little wife. And mm -hmm. like, I kind of carry that where I'm like, I'm more than just Pastor Rice's wife, right? Like I'm more than that. Um, I still have things that I bring to this world and that I bring, you know, to his life and that he brings to my life. Um, but we can't get lost and we also can't try to make what we want to do the sole priority either. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Like, it feels like mm -hmm. it's this yeah. dance that we're doing. Um, because I know each of you have your own giftings and have your own, you know, desires and entrepreneurships and, and talents and abilities and everything like that. Um, have y'all had to experience that, like, with your spouse of, like, how do I, you know, maintain acting? How do I maintain, you know, my, my brand? Like, how do I do all these things while also, you know, serving the vision of the household? So I think this kind of thing really brings about the importance of knowing yourself and living your life before you start dating and, you know, move on to being engaged in marriage. I think a lot of us wait until we have someone to experience all the things that we want to experience. Mm. And I think uh, this, this is where it, we realize how important it is to uh, know who you are ahead of time. So I had, you know, started all of the journeys that I wanted to start. I had really started chasing my dreams um, and all of that before I knew him. So it wasn't like, hey, let me check with you to see if this is was okay, because he saw that I was doing it beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, so if you want to date me, this is what that looks like. So I don't think there was really ever an issue. He was always very open to to what I was doing and what my dreams were, what, you know, you know, everything that I really wanted to get out of life. So I didn't really have much trouble um from my husband. He's he's very supportive of what of what I do. Yeah, same. My husband is super supportive. Like I said, we met during business. So we I remember the one thing that drew me to him that he was this complete stranger, but he spoke life into my business. He was like 
you know, I see, you know, your business, your candle business doing all these great things. I see your stores. And I was like, this man don't know me from a can of paint. <laughs> and he is just, you know, speaking all this life into me. And Ben is not, at the time, Ben wasn't even, he would go to church, but he wasn't like, you know, doing a two-step every Sunday. So, you know, for him, for him to see so prophetically into my life, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I, I, this is, not at the time I was thinking of somebody I could be with, but it just took me aback. And then so when we got together, I, I had already had the confidence that he would support, you know, pretty much whatever I did. However, when we got married, my life changed really quickly. <laughs> I had a lot of <laughs> changes within the first year of our marriage where I had I I had to put down my business. And as much as he encouraged me, we both had to kind of go through the transition of me not being the boss woman that I was when he met me like it's like almost everything that I had all the irons I had in fire had to be taken out because I had to focus on my health and everything during that time so but because you know he did support me prior to um I never thought that he would want me to kind of stay in that space he always talked about you know me coming out of it and once um you know things kind of let up but also showed me grace in that space like he didn't make me feel bad for having to put those things down either during Mm -hmm. that time so it matters who you marry, you know? Ooh, Absolutely. It matters who you marry. <laughs> My God. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, you know you know how when you're single and you hear married people say that, like, it matters who you marry. You're just like, mm-hmm. okay. But, like, it's not until you get married that you realize, man, it really matters mm-hmm. <laughs> who I'm married. <laughs> because, like... When you think about, you know, who you are, like Angel said, like taking that time to develop and and search and dream and, and pursue, you get to know more about yourself, right? And so mm-hmm. the more you know about yourself, the more you know what's complementary to you. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that, you know, I, I'm in ministry, so my husband has to be in ministry or I'm an entrepreneur, my husband has to be. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that. But you want to make sure that you are with somebody that's not going to cut your kite string because they think that you're that you're excelling too fast. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be with somebody that doesn't understand that, you know, I'm out on a ministry call right now. I'm not ignoring you. I'm not out cheating. Like I'm not doing nothing crazy. Like I'm out here doing work for God. And so it is super important that in your dating phases, Amen. That in your dating phases <laughs> that you are really getting to know the person that you are considering marrying because it is deeper than, you know, we're saved. We look good together. Um, our kids probably will look good together and that's it. Like there's so much more that goes into making a relationship work. And I think sometimes we don't do the work during the dating phase and we kind of feel bamboozled once we get married and say, I do, but <sighs> <laughs> that's my little soapbox but <laughs> what y'all got <laughs> well to that point people are afraid to have hard conversations and mm-hmm. finding somebody that you want to marry requires hard conversations you should be talking about everything get to the nitty gritty because it's yes. going to matter it's going to matter and then like you said hard conversations I mean they're going to be hard anyways but the truth of the matter is baby you're going to have them either at the beginning or at the end like either you're going to have that revelatory conversation at the beginning saying hey this is what you know I like this what I don't like x y and z and or you can do that in the beginning do all of the hard work put the hard work in or it could be on the way out when it's saying oh we should have did this we should have talked about this Mm -hmm. had I known that you liked x y and z you know maybe we wouldn't have gotten this far maybe 
this would not be our conclusion. So it's like, go ahead and just have it. Go ahead and talk about it. Talk about the things that, you know, may make you nervous. One of the things man, being discovered is that when we finally, when we actually say what we mean and get those things out, like change happens, good change. And we don't walk away hating each other. We walk away like, man, this he really understands me or she really understands me and where I come from. Um, or if if not, then we know we have some work to do. I didn't quite understand you in that conversation. So we need to continue to revisit this until we come to an understanding. So I feel like well, having those hard conversations are important. They're necessary um, if you want to, you know, excel in your marriage. Absolutely. And I, and I think when you and your spouse are not arguing, but just not on the same page about something, when you finally get on the same page, it's like fireworks. Cause it's like, Listen. man, we did it. Like you mm-hmm. want to do the door dance at the end. Like we did it, y'all. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> we did the hard work. <laughs> and it makes it feel so rewarding to be like, man, having the hard conversations really are worth it. Like it's uncomfortable. I'd be annoyed. I'd be irritated. But the fact that we're able to kind of see where the miscommunication was or where the misunderstanding was. And it's like, oh, that's what you thought I meant. That's not what I meant at all. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, I don't got to be mad no more because that's not what you meant. So So it like it frees you up and you're just like, wow, this this is the work that marriage requires. And that that type of work is always going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to as you as both of y'all were talking it made me think about the concept of being ready, right? They say, you got to be prepared. You got to be ready for marriage. And so you guys are a little over one year um, into your marriage. I'm going into year three or closing out year two, going into year three. Um, So my question is, do you feel that you were as prepared or as ready for marriage? Or do you think that that's even a thing to be ready? (laughs) I'll equate it to being ready for a baby. Um, we can have all of the finances, we can have all of the mentalities, everything lined up, but you don't know what you're getting into until you actually have said baby or get married. Like you can, you can be as ready as you think you are, but you don't, first of all, you don't know what husband you're going to get. Just like you don't know what baby you're going to get. You don't know what personalities you're going to run into until you run into the situation where those personalities have to come out. So I feel like you can be as ready as you there, there's a certain level of readiness, of course. You know, you want to make sure that you're going into it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're picking a, a sound partner, a partner that is equally yoked, you know, to you and your beliefs. But I say also just think about it that you're going to, you need to leave room for the things that you didn't quite um, prepare for or the things that you necessarily can't prepare for. Because there's going to be a lot of things that, that hits you. <laughs> a lot of stuff that come up Man. and you be like, ooh, child, I don't know this. <laughs> I don't know. But, but, but you also have to realize like that person is a human being just as much as you are. Just as much as we want people to um, accept us for who we are and all the things that we come with. You also have to show that same grace to another person. And so you don't know what that's going to look like until you get into it. So I think that's where we kind of consult you know, God and Holy Spirit, like, hey, prepare me for the things that I don't see or don't know about yet. You know, mentally prepare me for those things that will come up that I'm I may have not included in my prayer plan or in my journal to my uh dear husband journal, you know, that the ladies mm-hmm. have. Um, the things I may not have written down. Like help me prepare for those things. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I 100% agree. There is only so much <laughs> that you can prepare yourself for um, as far as, you know, marriage itself. Um, I think that you can prepare yourself in a sense that you know what you like, you know what you don't like, you know what you'll accept, what you won't accept, those kinds of things. Um, but as far as being peri- uh, prepared for what marriage is and what that's going to come with and what arguments are going to look like, what good days are going to look like, what bad days are going to look like, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, you you roll in with the punches on that. Um, so, yeah, you can you can prepare you, but you can't prepare for marriage per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I like how you put that angel, like you can prepare yourself, right? So you can deal with your trauma. You can go to therapy. You can, you know, learn how to communicate better. You can work on being quick to forgive, right? Like you can work on those things, but you don't really know how you're going to react until you're dealing with another person. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how much y'all dated and talked, being married, you're getting a different person. Like, I don't care, I don't care what nobody <laughs> say. Like, you're getting a different person because, it's like, now you're in covenant, right? Mm-hmm. And now y'all said, I do. And, like, once you do that, that's a whole different realm of relationship that you're in with that person. And you you just don't know. You can't predict the future, right? You don't know what's going to happen in that first year. You don't know what's going to happen in year 10. And so preparing for something that you've never experienced Sometimes I feel like as women, I'm going to talk to the ladies. Sometimes I feel like as women, we get in this, this cycle of preparation and either the enemy or other believers make us feel that we're not ready enough or there's more work that we need to do. And it's like a lot of the work that needs to be done is going to be done in your marriage. And so delaying yourself from the altar saying, well, I'm not going to date because I'm not ready. Well, baby, how you think you get ready? <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't get ready by yourself. Like <laughs> you need to be with somebody to, you know, to become more ready. But truly, like that work, the adjustments, the transitions, like all those things are on the job training. And yeah. I would say the best thing you can do is practice being flexible. Mm-hmm. Practice yeah, being flexible. Great. Because if you are hard like hell bent on it has to go like this it has to look like this it has to be like this then you are going to be gravely disappointed when you get married because you just never know and as Ronnie mentioned I know she had a very life-changing event happen her first year of marriage um for me it was similar like we talked about an episode with my husband of him losing his father but not only that I turned 40 my first year of marriage And so when you're in a literal life transition changing season, it's like, what in the world is happening? So the woman that was in her 30s is not the same as the woman in her 40s. And so that was a huge adjustment for me. And the, the wife that I expected myself to be was not that. And it's not that I failed. But I was, I was, how do I say this? I was learning who Becca was at 40, learning Mm -hmm. who Becca was at 41. And like, how do I get to get acquainted with the new me and also allow my husband to get acquainted with the new me at the same time. Like these are big transition things that happen. And if you are not a person that is self-aware or gracious with yourself, 
then it can be very difficult to kind of go with the punches um, and to also allow your husband into that space as you are growing and as you are adjusting. And so I'm going to pull on Ronnie because Ronnie had a baby <laughs> her first year of marriage. And I know that was a huge adjustment. You know, she mentioned she already had two daughters, but being a newlywed, um, having some health concerns going on and also getting pregnant and having a baby in your first year. Ronnie, tell us about like that transition for you. Do we have enough time? I'm sorry, Kim. <laughs> yeah, <probably not>. So, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> our plan, so when we went into this, before we got married, Ben and I, because I'm 34, I'm about to be 35. My husband, if you see him, you're not going to believe it. So, you know, let's just go ahead and put that disclaimer out there. But he is 47. And so we had this conversation of, it, like, do you want kids? So when we first got together, we both were like, yeah, we want, we, you know, we want kids. This is, well, a kid. We want to try for one more. Um, when it got closer to us getting married, we were just like, mm, do we still, do we, we still want to do that? <laughs> you know, because by then he had started kind of coming into our family. We had, because we started working on blending our family about probably about six months before we got married, just to kind of ease the girls into the transition. And so we kind of talked about what that was going to look like. Um, and so we had went from definitely we wanted to get married to if it happens, it happens. So we weren't mm -hmm. trying or not trying either way. You know, fast forward to March, you know, uh, well, April, I found out on April Fool's Day that I was pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm not being pranked. Like, I don't know how my body can prank me, but I really thought, I was like, okay, maybe this is just a figment of my imagination. But I ended up telling him, and it was funny because he thought I was trying to prank him. Y'all, if I could have recorded the look on his face when I told him, and he was just kind of like giggling, like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm for real. And he was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so he went into a state of shock. And so, you know, just navigating that. So we went from that shocker to then my health. Um, you know, with having some complications with the pregnancy, and then my health just went awry. Pretty much, I would say six months out of the whole pregnancy, I was just kind of down. So. It was hard. Um, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I know. Um, I don't know what it's like for other couples to get pregnant their first year of marriage, but my our first year was not the most ideal situation because we went through a lot of things. He ended up closing his physical shop, um, and we he worked from home for a while, which was a blessing in disguise to me. But we were navigating a lot of stuff at one time, like getting to know each other as a married couple getting to know each other as parents together, you know, him transitioning from his dream of having his own brick and mortar to having to be home. Then we were, you know, essentially growing a baby, um, him having to support me a lot more than I would have liked and not being the superwoman that I thought I was or that I, mm -hmm. I posed myself to be. Um, and so it was, it was just a lot of different transitions and everything and there was grace there but there was a lot of moments of frustration um where we just was like what is happening what's going on and i i me personally the one thing that we say is that we feel like god was laying the foundation even prior to us getting married we went through a, a couple of hard things and we were like what if god just really want to get the hard stuff out of the way so that way we can enjoy wedded bliss for the rest of our lives so the one thing that we did to get through it is just to say hey these this is just mountains we got to get over so we can build that good strong solid foundation and we're going to 
pray and hope that the rest of the years are um, smooth. We know not easy because when you're getting to know somebody, because you get to know your your husband. Believe it or not, y'all, you ain't mm-hmm. gonna just know all about them when you first get married. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> As you're getting to know them throughout the years, we're just hoping that you know it, it gets a little lighter. That's all. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. <laughs> I, I love I love what you said specifically about like God giving us the hard things first. Because mm-hmm. I definitely, oh Jesus, I definitely felt like that of like. So we just going to get the hard stuff out the way. <laughs> like, we get some smooth road, you know, next year. Um, and, you know, granted, again, as I mentioned on the other episode, you know, we had beauty and ashes simultaneously. It was like life was going really good and life was going very difficult. Um, yeah. But I do believe that a lot of the the newlyweds, at least that I know of, have experienced not necessarily a hard year of marriage, but that year of like, you're going to build a strong foundation and you're going to really learn how to support one another and communicate and, and work things out early. So you're not at year 10 trying to figure out how to talk to each other. Um, mm-hmm. But go ahead, Angel, what you got for us? Um, well, I would say that our big transition in the first year was shortly after we got married, my husband lost his job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was definitely, you know, like, I, what we'll be doing now? Hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> don't touch the money, guy. Hold up. <laughs> okay, don't touch wait the money. Wait a, wait a minute. Especially after just having a wedding. You know, we didn't have the biggest wedding. It was very small, very intimate. But, you know, money was still spent. And Jesus, just mm-hmm. hold on. What are we doing? You know? Mm-hmm. Um. So it was just having to support him through that. And we know men naturally want to be providers. So having to reassure him that I didn't look at him any differently. Um having to carry the financial load for the time that he was out of work. Um, it, it was a lot, but, you know, again, I suppose God was just getting, you know, the hard things out of the way first, but <laughs> we made it through. No, that's <laughs> good. And that, and what, what you was going to say, Ronnie? No, I was going to say the angel. You mean to tell me you supported your husband, honey? Right, that's what I'm about to say. Not you carrying the love. Uh, not you carrying the love. You know, that's taboo booty. Right. <laughs> and guess who don't care? Because I'm going to support that man. <laughs> Literally, listen, listen, listen to me. And that that's a real wife right there. Because mm-hmm. we, a lot of the messaging that's going out about relationships are not pro-marriage. Like when you really think about it, it's like, why would I kick my husband to the curb because he lost his job? Like, why wouldn't I just step up and take care of things? Like, this world is so weird, but I'm especially not when I'm anymore. equipped to do that, or you know, right. God can't equip me to do so. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have a husband who has been taking care of you, like he's been taking care of you all of this Listen. time. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. he's down and out, and then you decide that you can't do the same for him. What kind of partner are you? Yeah, I know y'all are enjoying this episode. There are so many nuggets that are being dropped. But we touched on so much more that we are actually going to take a break for this week. And we are going to come back next week for part two of the New Wife Tribe Great Chat. Until then, make sure that you rate, subscribe, and like this podcast. You can follow me all over social media at Preach Becca. And until next week, let's keep the conversation going.